Welcome to One Hot Thing, the podcast featuring advanced content marketing hacks from the world's best content creators. In each podcast episode, we take a deep dive into one aspect of our guests' marketing strategy, uncovering one specific content hack they use to grow their business. And now, your host, Natalie Haley. Today's guest is the amazing and extremely popular Anne Handley. Anne is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author who speaks worldwide about how businesses can escape marketing mediocrity to ignite tangible results. IBM named her one of the seven people shaping modern marketing, and she's the Chief Content Officer of Marketing Profs, a LinkedIn influencer, keynote speaker, mum, dog person, and writer. In just a few seconds, we're going to hear from Anne. But first, I just want to say another thank you to those of you who've left reviews and ratings for the podcast. It really does mean such a lot. This week's shout out is to Andy Roo 19 who says, love this show. It's great that rather than a bunch of general tips, you come away with one thing you can implement and must listen. That review particularly makes me so happy because that was the entire aim of this podcast to actually not overwhelm people and go really broad, but just to give people one thing to walk away with at the end of a podcast episode that they can go away and implement to help change their business. So thank you so much. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave a rating and review on iTunes and I'll be sure to shout you out. Now let's jump into the main part of the show and meet the wonderful Anne Handley. Anne Handley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we finally got some sunshine here in the UK, so that makes me very happy. We've only waited like six months. <laughs> wow, well, it actually, uh, it's raining here right now, so hmm. I guess you sent it to Boston. Yeah, and then it will head back our way, I'm sure. <laughs> so I already know what your one hot thing is, and I am really excited to talk about it, and I think a lot of people listening are going to get so much from this. So would you like to tell us what your one hot thing is? Yes. So my one hot thing is to approach every newsletter that you write, every email newsletter that you send out to your list as a letter. And I have very specific ways that I do that. Um, I try to keep my voice conversational. I try to think about one person who that newsletter is intended to uh, go to that week. I think of one recipient. I don't think of a list. I don't think of a segment. I don't think of a persona. I think of one actual person. Okay. Um, and so I write that letter every week um, with a focus on the letter, not on the news. Um, and I also just really keep in mind who that human being is that I'm, I'm trying to address that week. Definitely. So you have a really popular email letter and it really is more <laughs> like a letter. It's so personal. People love to open it on a Sunday and I love that it goes out on a Sunday because I think that's just when people have that time just to relax. And I know I've quite often, you know, you can stay in bed that bit longer. You can have a coffee and you can read on the email. <laughs> so, <laughs> So going back to before you've even, so you, you've probably got an idea of what you're going to send out, say that week or that fortnight. Talk us through mm. the process for you. How does it all start? Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to say, oh, write your email newsletter as a letter, but it's a little hard in practice. 
because so many of us, and I include myself in this, um, you know, when you sit down in front of a screen, you have a blinking cursor and, you know, you have your hands on the keyboard. Um, I don't think that uh, that's an, an, it's, a, it's a natural place to start a letter, right? I think a mm-hmm. lot of us kind of freeze up. And especially if you have any background in marketing or in business, you almost approach that moment as an opportunity to market yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about what it is that you want to say versus who it is that you're trying to reach and who is it that you're actually wanting to speak with. Um, and so my process is, you know, that the, the, issue that I I had to address was how do I actually keep my voice conversational? How do I keep this as a letter and not just as a, uh, not as a, as a marketing piece that I want to send out. Um, And by the way, I think that's important because that to to approach it as a letter, to approach it as less as marketing and more as a letter, because the inbox is such a special opportunity to speak directly to somebody. You know, you just mentioned every Sunday morning, you know, Mm -hmm. you just painted a picture of opening up my newsletter, you know, while you're sort of lounging around in bed with a coffee. And I hear Mm -hmm. that all the time from people. And I think that that's true whether or not you send a more casual letter like mine or whether you're actually sending, you know, a professional email newsletter. Um, Not that mine isn't professional, but sending a more buttoned up maybe um, email newsletter. I think it's really important to recognize that you are in a very sort of sacred space of somebody's email inbox and Mm. Uh, people have invited you to that space. The inbox is the only place where people and not algorithms are in control. So that's a very special place. And so you need to respect it as such and you need to treat it as a special opportunity to connect with someone directly. So how do I do that? How do I keep my voice uh, conversational? I do it in two ways. Uh, first of all, I avoid the keyboard. I don't start that letter um, by sitting in front of a laptop and put with my hands on a keyboard. Instead, I, t- I started internally. I started as a, as a, um, as sort of a conversation by voice in my own head. Usually I'm either out walking the dog and I'm uh, like dictating it either on my iPhone or, or just sort of in, you know, internally just to, to myself. Um, and then when I get back, I, I think about that one person that I'm trying to approach and I'll, I'll, I'll write it down or sometimes we'll use a transcription service at that point, but more often just kind of either write it down from my phone directly or just from my own head, depending on my process that morning. Um, or I'll think it through in the shower. That's the other spot where I tend to do a lot of my best thinking. So mm-hmm. why dog walk and why shower? It's because that's the, the two places where generally I don't have a bunch of other electronic inputs, right? Yeah. I don't have notifications. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be up. safe, would it? Yeah. Apart from anything yeah. else, um, yeah, water exactly. and electricity don't mix. Exactly. <laughs> that's a just, it's a great thinking time. And that's where yeah. I do my best letter writing. Essentially, I, I just started in my head. I started thinking of, you know, the a letter I want to write to Natalie that weekend or somebody else who I either met at a conference or who asked me a question online or someone I interacted with. Um, and I start thinking about that person and then how that question can maybe be applied more broadly. So that was going to be my next question really was like digging into writing to a specific person because that's obviously really helpful for you. So I guess it could be like plucking somebody from your email list and maybe checking them out on LinkedIn or something, getting an idea of what they do or like you say, just thinking of somebody that you've met, somebody I guess mm. who's going to be typical for your, you know, for your audience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, I get a lot of, a lot of um, people ask me questions all the time. Uh, Mm. Sometimes it's actually in response to my email newsletter that goes out because the other piece of 
of my email newsletter, and I think it applies to any brand who's sending out an email newsletter, is to approach it not just as a one-way communication, not just as a broadcast tool, as a distribution strategy, but rather to approach it as a two-way opportunity to hear back from people. So I very often invite interaction in that newsletter, and I hear back from people a lot. Mm. Um, very often they ask me questions either through the newsletter or I get questions, you know, just through my, my own website or on Twitter, for example, or through social and other ways. Mm. Um, so just really using those opportunities, I write down the questions. And then um, when I actually am, am ready to start writing that fortnightly letter, I'll just flip through them and figure out which one I'm most interested in writing about or most passionate about writing about that particular week. Mm. And I'll start the letter that way. So very often I have a built-in list. Of, of questions and the, from either readers or from you know people I've interacted with to choose from. So how important is consistency, would you say? Because your emails, they're obviously quite different each week, and especially in terms of content, but there are some common themes. So for example, you tend to use kind of a fun GIF or GIF, which kind of, it's usually quite humorous, isn't it? So you kind of open the email and a light, you know, you've already got a bit of a smile on your face. And there's other things, you know, within the email, which are common each week, such as you do a shout out at the end to various people who you might have mm-hmm. met or have done something kind or something. Mm-hmm. So do you think consistency is important or is it okay to kind of mix things up? Um, I mean, I, I guess it depends on, well, I guess the short answer is yes. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, it's con- yes, it's important to be consistent in a few key ways, but I also think that you should leave some room to mix things up. You should yeah. also leave some room to experiment. So the areas where I think it's important to be consistent are number one on the schedule. Uh-huh. If I don't mail an email newsletter every other Sunday, um, I get notes, I get letters. And that <laughs> is the highest, you know, just sort of the highest compliment I can get. That's actually my goal is to create something and an email in this case, but any kind of content asset that, that you're creating, I think it's important to have that goal of, you know, will your audience miss you if you don't show up? Mm-hmm. So if I, there was one week that I can think of in the past, I've been doing this for, uh, let me think, a year and a half now. So, wow, I didn't realize it'd been that long. So 18 months, say I've been publishing this newsletter. Um, there was one weekend where I, I didn't make the morning mailing, so to speak. I, mm-hmm. I was a service, had a lot going on that weekend, so I didn't mail it until four o'clock in the afternoon, which was, you know, especially for people in the UK or internationally, they were probably already asleep by the time mm-hmm. it arrived, um, or at least maybe not checking their email. Um, and so I got letters from people, you know, where are you? We miss you. Are you okay? And that's amazing, right? Yeah. That is, is, to me, that's such a gift to have an audience that anticipates the arrival of something that you create in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, the schedule, you know, uh, adhering to a schedule and being pretty strict with yourself about it. Believe me, there's a lot of weeks that, you know, when I sit down on a Saturday, cause I sort of do this in my, on my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sit down on a Saturday or sometimes even a very early on a Sunday morning to create this, it's the last thing I feel like doing yeah. because I've worked all week. But I made a promise to my audience and I made a promise to myself and I want to keep that. And so not breaking the chain becomes its, all, its own sense of fulfillment, I guess. Um, yeah. 
and I don't want to break that. So I think, you know, number one, just have a schedule and adhere to it. Um, but the second thing is, is tone. Like your voice should be consistent every single week. Yeah. What do I mean by, by voice? I mean, if you read it out loud, does it sound like it comes from the same person? Um, does it sound like it comes from you? And I think about that obsessively. I obsess mm. over voice because it's that important yeah. to me. I want people to know that this is coming directly from me and it could only come from me. Mm. So those two things I think are very key. The rest of it, you know, you can play around with it. I play with around with it all the time. Um, I add sections in, I take sections out. Sometimes I talk about like, I, I have a shelfies section where I talk about books. I found that people didn't really click on that. They didn't really engage with it very much. So I don't put it in every week. Like I used to everyone mm. share. I'll share it. Yeah. Um, but I, I sort of play around with it. I play around with length. I play around with um, with the, the number of items that I include in the newsletter. So there's there's all kinds of ways that I'm testing it. Mm. You know, every 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 issue, I'm usually testing one or two one or two things. Yeah, and I suppose it will be different for different people and for different people's audiences as well. But it's really interesting that you say, yeah, the, the two things that are crucial are the being consistent with it mm. and voice, voice <laughs> and yeah. voice. And I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the one thing um, that really does, really does stand out with your email. You can almost hear you saying it. You know, there are, you know, phrases, there are just, just the way that you speak. It, it really is very clear. And you kind of answered one of my questions as well, really, which was about the length, because I knew, I knew I had to ask that question about how long should emails be, because I knew that people <laughs> will be asking it and wondering it in their heads. So you think it's perhaps one of those things that you can experiment with perhaps it's different for different people's audiences, the actual length of the email. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, mine is long, but it's also, I think it's inherently scalable. Yeah. Even though it's, I don't actually know how many words it is. I think it's probably close to about maybe 1,400 words, something like that, which is very long for um, for an email newsletter. And I recognize that. Mm. But I also recognize that my audience is pretty varied. I have a you know one segment of my audience is made up of writers freelance writers a lot of them um, people who are content creators who work for brands or work for themselves and want to know how to write better uh, might write more efficiently Uh, so that's one part of my audience another part of my audience is marketers very often they come from brands both big and small so Mm -hmm. very much in the in the marketing space a lot of product marketers a lot of strategists um, and then my, my sort of third bucket, I guess, is, um, is people who are just starting out in their careers. So either as marketers or as writers, or in some cases, um, you know, as, as early content marketers, you know, they're just starting to either, um, you know, to sort of dip their, their toes into that because they've just graduated or because they're doing a career shift. Mm. So those are sort of the three segments of, of my audience. And, and I know who they are because when they sign up, I ask them, you know, what brought you here? How did you, how did you, um, what, what do you hope to learn here is what mm. I ask. So I get a lot of information from them in that way when they, when they respond to me directly, which again goes back to the idea of a two way letter, not just a one way broadcast. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So uh, in terms of, you know, how long it's just, that's in part why mine is long, because I want to make sure that I at least serve that audience mm. with something. And what that means is that not every item in the newsletter is going to be applicable to everybody. And that's okay. That's why mm. I make it as scalable as I can. I break it up with subheads. I make it pretty clear what this item is about. So if you're not into 
marketing, you can skip that piece if you're more interested in writing. So um, I think that's the important part is just to make it accessible. And by that, I mean, you know, skimmable, easy to glance at, easy to, to digest and mm. fun. Like you, you mentioned. Yeah, you definitely. Fun. Fun. Make it an experience. Make it feel like it's something unique and interesting and that people want. Yeah, definitely. And one thing you did mention there, actually, or kind of skirted around was the way that one thing I think that you do that's really nice as well is you always welcome new subscribers to Mm. your list, Mm -hmm. which kind of has the effect, even for people who've been on it for a long time, kind of has the effect of making it feel like a community almost, even though it is, you know, just your contact with us um, individually, as it were. It sort of makes it feel like people are joining this this kind of community so yeah, whether yeah. you intended it to be like that or not I think it's nice yeah thank you and and uh, that is actually my intention mm. there are other ways to accomplish that with an email newsletter um, I've seen a lot of companies and and uh, and marketers do it effectively through some sort of onboarding program mm. you sign up for an email newsletter and every person who signs up gets these like a sort of sequence of emails uh, yeah walking them to the brand, orienting them. Marketing Profs does this. My company, uh, Marketing Profs, does a series of welcome, welcoming emails. But I'm not set up for that. And, you know, it's just me. I don't have the, the capacity to, to do that. And, yeah, I could do it once and set it. But I don't know. Part of me, um, I, I just chose not to do that, at least mm. for now. I may, I may change my mind at some point. Yeah. Um, no, the other way that I try to bring readers in is the very last section, which is the love letter section, yeah. where I give shout-outs to people who give me shout-outs or who, um, who have done something awesome that week or have published something about me or marketing profs or you know, anything like that. And so just a, as another way to highlight the, the community such as it is, even though it's not really a community in a traditional sense, at least um, having a, a feeling that they are part of something bigger than just this email newsletter. Yeah, definitely. So I have to pick two final questions to squeeze in because I could just carry on and on and on. But I do <laughs> want to just ask you about email subject lines, whether you have any thoughts on that, because some people get their knickers in such a twist about them. I don't know whether that's a phrase there in the US, but it is here. Um, so where do you stand on the subject lines of your emails? Uh, in terms of how do you go about yeah so some people one? yeah some people find it's best to be more cryptic some people like to be more like this is actually what you're going to get mm. just be good to get your thoughts on it really yeah um i play it fairly straight i try to let people know instantly what it is that they're going to get mm. i also throw in an emoji just because i love emojis yeah um, <laughs> I also think that it makes you stand out in the mm. email inbox until we all start abusing emojis and then I'll have to figure out something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I, I play it pretty straight. I have toyed with the idea of doing some sort of experiment where I make it a little bit more cryptic. Um, or, for example, I use a lot of puns in my you know, email uh, mm. subject headers, in the, in the, um, not in the subject line itself, but in the, in the headers within the, the body of the email. Mm. And I've thought about using a pun in the, in the subject line as well, but I don't know. It's, I honestly feel that since it's only every other week for me, so since I only publish fortnightly, I just feel that being more direct is, is better in the subject line. Um, mm. I've also heard the, the argument that rather than doing title case, so in other words, rather than capitalizing every letter, I'm sorry, every word in a subject line that you mm. should do 
acceptance case, which is makes it feel like it's more from a person to you, like it's like someone has dashed off a note to you because that feels more personal and yeah and accessible. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, I, I think it's just a matter of just choose a, a format and and stick with and it. Stick with it. Yeah. yeah. And so finally, then, because we use the term newsletter, I think some people can get the get the balance wrong between the news and the letter and offering value. So again, just be good to finish up with hearing your thoughts on, because you do pack a, so much value into those newsletters. I mean, you've spent time, you know, we're, we're really getting things from outside of your head in that newsletter. So what sort of advice can you give people who are struggling with the balance of kind of getting people to kind of do what they want in terms of getting them to listen to the latest podcast or read the latest blog, but actually giving their audience what they they want. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that you can do both. I think that giving value to your audience doesn't mean that you're sacrificing the marketing of your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're all, you know, we're, we're publishing a newsletter because we need to engage with an audience so that we can ultimately have a successful business and fuel the success of our business. So, I don't think that those two things are in balance. I think they tend to get out of whack mm. when we get that we should lead with value first and make sure that that's super clear to the audience. Um, and I think if you are providing value to the audience on a consistent basis, then you know, you can talk about, um, you know, whatever it is that you that you have to sell in the context of that. And so I think as long as you approach everything from a value first mentality. So what does that mean? Like, for example, if you're promoting a podcast, um, like if you were going to send out an email newsletter about the, the conversation that we're having right now, you know, you could just pull out one or two things that we said and lead with that value first. So, um, you know, here Anne's thoughts on how do you actually keep your voice conversational? She offered three great tips, you know, boom, boom, boom. Um, and then, you know, click here to listen to the whole conversation. You know, that's value first. Now you're mm. not sacrificing your business or your listeners and you're not shortchanging yourself and you're not shortchanging your audience. There may be some people on your list who do not care what I have to say about that, and that's totally cool. Um, I think that you know the the point is though that you're you're leading with value, and you're ultimately driving people who are interested in the value of that to to dig deeper to hear more. That's amazing, and you've actually just basically written my email for me to subscribe. <laughs> so that's really handy. Thanks. <laughs> Oh God, and I, obviously I could talk to you all day. I will round up with my one surprise question, which I ask all of my guests. And I know that it's after lunchtime there where you are, but and what will you be having for dinner tonight? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I am actually seeing John Burkhart tonight. Are you? Flying. Yes, I know he's a friend of yours too. He is flying here from London right now. He's in the air. I've been chatting with him on uh, WhatsApp off and on mm. today. <laughs> so I'm going to see him for dinner. So I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, wow. depends what time he lands, depends on how hungry he is and, and what he's up for. But um, but yeah, I'm going to see him. So wow. a surprise. I don't know what I'm having, but I know who I'm having it with. That counts. That's fine. That is an answer. That is an answer. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful to chat to you. Would you let people know where they can connect with you online and also where they can sign up for your newsletter? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, So it's annhanley.com and you can sign up for my newsletter at annhanley.com slash newsletter. Brilliant. 
Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you. This podcast is part of the You Are The Media Network. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook too? Come and meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.